0: Welcome to Fast Facts.
1: I'm Jody. I'm Shelley. We're a new media concept, a co-working space in the design district called The Slate.
0: The most amazing people have walked through these doors. Authors. Entrepreneurs community leaders, Dallas natives, and guests from near and far. We're going to bring them in this room and we're going to sit them down and we're going to ask them the questions you are asking too.
1: These will be quick so you can listen on your drive in or your drive home. We are completely off the cuff, but that is the best part about Fast Facts. And the only person
0: you can really be off the cuff with might just be your sister. Truth.
1: Let's see who's slating it.
0: Okay, in the podcast studio right now, I am just... In awe, Jean Lou is here of Jean Lou Design. she like, I like live for Jean's she posts does. every morning. She they talks bring about me them. Into a calm sense of Zen. And they're so beautiful. And she's just the designer of designers.
1: I know. And I remember right at the beginning of the slate, we brought you in. Cause you're like, so like exactly what do we do with this corner? And exactly what do we do with this wall? And it was like a you had kindness. You so many
0: ideas. She showed us to come and walk in. And when we just needed a little affirmation. I know. And Jean Lou gave us some and it mattered a lot. <laughs>
1: So what inspires you so so much about design? Because I feel like yours is a little more like even arts. Like you're not coming in, rinsing and repeating a look. No, we
2: try not to. Um, I think that I've never experienced the kind of gratification that that we see when we help a client finish a home or Mm -hmm. help them move into a new space. I think that for us is um, the reason why we keep coming back. Again and again, even if
1: it's extremely painful during the process. Oh, I bet there have been some painful processes. Well, no, but yes, just
0: so you know, because other designers too talk about Jean, and I think one of the things that they say that they love and I love too is every no- you have such a beautiful aesthetic, Aww, but then thanks. there's always something that's a little unexpected. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell us like some how you try to like throw in the unexpected here and there?
2: Um, I think we approach our interior design the way that you would have a friend who's generally pretty quiet, doesn't say much, but at the least expected moment they drop a zinger Mm. and I think that's kind of what we do with our interior design so you know we're gonna finish a room beautifully elegantly um, do everything the client wishes um, that reflects their personality and then there's just a little something that you're gonna find and um, hopefully it'll give you pause make you chuckle
1: all of the above so what are some Um, of your favorite zingers what are some um, of the things you've done in homes that were unexpected? You know, I
2: can tell you about one I'm working on now. Oh, so
1: perfect. This is going to be a very
2: um, beautiful, elegant, sophisticated restaurant that we're in the process of working on. Oh, so just, oh, restaurant. And everything Jean. is um, going to be made by Italian artisans all the flatware, all the serving pieces. And then um, the decanter for um, the restaurant will be this very unexpected glass, hand-blown, decanter with wings and
0: boobs. (laughs) Are we allowed to say that here? Yeah, Gene, yes. Actually, we have really gone total explicit. (laughs) You're very tame, quite frankly, (laughs) (laughs) Gene.
2: So um, that, I think, will be that ha-ha moment that no one's really expecting. And when I presented it, I was always a little nervous, Oh, and I immediately said, hey, we don't have to do this, but it definitely is on brand. It's made by the same artisans, um, and... Luckily, everyone loved it. That's what everyone will talk about when you leave. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And hopefully people will go and visit it for that particular reason or I one of the many reasons.
0: So. I'm going to. You just tell I me where so. to so so. Me where be to be there. There. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I
2: don't know if you can. Do you have a background in art? Tell me about your background. Um, I don't have a formal background in art. Um, my junior year of college, I started taking art history courses. I was probably too short of becoming or getting a minor in art. And I think I set that on the shelf for a while. And then when I moved to Dallas, I was introduced to somebody who collected contemporary art. And I think, I don't know if you've heard me talk about this before, but I don't call him an art advisor. I sort of refer to him as an art trainer. So mm. he and I would just start talking about art, you know, of all across all time periods. And he didn't really expect me to know anything about it. He just wanted to help me learn how to see if you will so mm-hmm. this has been a relationship that has gone on probably 10 plus years well I know 10 plus years because he was one of the first people to visit me in the hospital after my daughter was born and she just turned 10 last oh. week so oh, congrats. I know double digits Dec- terrifying. Dec- 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 um, it gets it worse from here thanks <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> can someone just bring her daughter's out a doll. doll her daughter's a doll. <laughs> No. So anyway, I think through this art trainer is really how I've learned um, and developed the opinions and tastes that I have about art. So I really credit him and I encourage everybody to go out and see as much as you can. um, And I think form your own opinions,
1: you know. So you're kind of humble, but Jody like tells me some of the stuff you do. (laughs) So we're going to make you unhumble. So we're asking you to tell us. So what like some of the homes that you've done, restaurants you've done, some of the stuff you've done in New York. I mean, some of this stuff is pretty like high exclusive end. Who are we allowed to talk about?
2: Actually, I don't know that we're allowed to talk about any of them. That's Boo. the whole point, Shelley. That's
1: but the, whole, the point. whole thing. Can you insinuate? Anything? <laughs>
0: mm, not without getting fired. She has <laughs> exceptional discretion. But I do feel like you can you kind of tell us a little about the range. How you done anything rustic? Have you done anything like did you Policial? do Clint Eastwood's- No, I'm just kidding. No, I was wish. Wish. <laughs> just making stuff up. I'm totally made that up. Can you tell us all about the range? Because it sounds like actually you said residential at the beginning, but then you just threw in the restaurant. Sure. So.
2: I mean, I can talk about the restaurant. Um, we are currently working on the new location of Seseta, which was a <gasps> darling in the design S- district. Um, we were sad Sassara. to see it, see it go, but happy, happy, happy that it's coming back in the Jewel Hotel. Um, later this fall. So oh. that for me is a huge deal for our studio. I think that um, not only have we always wanted to move into the world of hospitality design, um, Sassetta was a restaurant that we really spent a lot of time at. So mm. when it closed, we were sort of sad until we realized that we would actually get to redo it in its new location.
0: That is amazing. Yes.
2: And that's where you will find these decanters. Okay. I mean, about. the
0: decanters are top of mind. Totally. I am <laughs>
1: And didn't you, in the middle of COVID, like turn your manufacturing facilities into places to do masks, like early on when nobody could even get one? Yes.
2: So that was a really funny story that just happened on the
1: fly. Um,
2: My husband came home and told me that his cousin, who is a doctor at UMass, um, our Mass General, could not get a new mask to save her life. Her... um, Attending was telling her to rinse it out with alcohol every night when she went home. Oh, These are the early days of COVID when right? we didn't really understand right. much about the virus. And so I think the level of fear was extremely high. So the the attending had also said to her, hey, you can go online and go on Etsy or just Google how to make a mask yourself. And we started looking at this and I said, wait a minute. <laughs> you mean to tell me there are all these doctors working in these hospitals putting their own lives at risk and they have no idea how to get another mask they're using the same one over and over again so we looked at this um I don't want to call it a recipe but this pattern Mm -hmm. um and then I went wait we have a factory we have a cutting and sewing department and so the next day I took what I found online I sent it to our plant manager and I said hey Louie I know this is insane, Louis. Louis, it's Jean. start
1: mass producing masks, Louis. I've <laughs> got a blueprint. I love Louis.
2: I do too. So Louis um, wrote me back in an hour. He and the head of cut and sew looked at it and they said, "Yeah, we can do this." And I said, "Okay." So they started making prototypes, and I would say that within a week we were pretty much up and running, and we were just. Uh, shocked and at a loss for words with the number of people who came out of, um, who reached out to help us. We had Fabricut, we yeah. had Kravet, we had Schumacher donating wow. all the fabric. We had a woman that I actually never met. I met her um, over the phone through a friend. She works for Talbot. She was able to source all of the elastic that we needed for the masks because-
0: you know what, Gene? You're a connector. That's, That's amazing. What this, you know what? This tells me that you have a wonderful that kind camp. of relationship, Thank you. relationships throughout your industry. And look, you're able to create something so beautiful in your own facilities. You.
2: No, we we were just happy that we could be doing something productive during this time. And I think over the course of, I would say, eight weeks, we ended up making thirty thousand masks. So. Wow.
1: And where uh, did they go to all, one specific hospital all. or did anyone who called? Like, how did you even dispense those? So we basically
2: had um, the head of our sales team for hospitality. He was wonderful. He would field all of the calls and then they went to uh, hospitals. And, you know, again, in hospitals, there are a lot of different rules and regulations of what kind of mask you can have, how uh-huh, it was procured. Yeah, yeah. So we sent them to frontline workers who... Just asked for them,
1: and um, we didn't ask any questions about how they were distributed. So, question: I feel like um, on the clothing front, our aesthetics have changed. You know, oh, like sure. even today, yeah. I went to visit a private equity firm, and I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, maybe I'm too casual. I kind of panicked right before I walked in. I was like, maybe this is not enough. I would have worn a skirt a year ago. Do you feel like people's design aesthetics have also changed during and because of COVID, as far as what people? like are looking for in their homes? Sure. I definitely think that much like
2: we feel like clothing trends are moving towards quality, but more comfortable. Mm -hmm. I think people are calling us and saying, Hey, we're willing to spend more money on our furnishings, but they have to be that much more um, functional, comfortable. And whereas, you know, you might say, Oh, we're not going to spend that much money on the secondary bedroom. We don't spend that much time here. Or, yeah, this living room sofa, it's okay. We'll swap it out in five years. Now people are going, you know, we're going to be here. It looks like, feels like a long time. Yeah. We want to settle in. Yes. Settle in. We want what we want. So,
0: yeah. Have you gone to some clients to actually redo rooms based on that? Or just you're getting new clients that are calling in, like saying, gosh. I'm think ready to do something.
2: We're, we're, we're definitely getting calls for both. Um, a lot of home offices during this time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're not really calling us to do this, but a lot of conversions of um, second bedrooms into gyms as well. So yeah. I think, unfortunately, gym memberships are going to be down for a while.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. so Jean Lou. Yes, yes name.
0: <laughs> Jean Lou, uh, I feel like you have looked to art. Do you have any cities that you love? Are there places that you have lived or places you have been that like really also inspire you and um, instruct the design that you help all these wonderful clients with? Um, I consider New York home.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Always. It'll be, you know, the first real trip I take when I feel like it's um, safe enough. I find inspiration all the time in New York. You lived
0: there? When did you live in New York?
2: I lived in New York um, 2000 to 2001. And I still Mm -hmm. have... A Very tiny, tiny pied de terre there. Mm-hmm. So
0: you got a uh, hold on it, hold on on your New Yorker self. Yes, my financial advisor has told
1: you long to, get suggested
2: me to get rid of it, and I keep responding, You don't understand, it's the cheapest form of therapy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm so, actually saving money. I'm saving money. Yeah. So, anyway, I find you know, again, inspiration in New York all the time, just the energy of being able to walk down the street. And you know, I miss Broadway, it, it's I know. just I know. it was an instant love affair if you will
1: I feel like design is also about collab people love the collab for sure I love the collab so what's been one of your favorite collaborations like I know you're working with these Italian artists but is there one that sticks out over, over time that you're like wow I cannot believe I got to do that um,
2: I can tell you about what I'm working on now and um, it's not in the interior design world per se, or it's not a Jean designed product, but you know, the company that we were making masks out of is Woodard outdoor furniture. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. the oldest outdoor furniture company that remains in the United States. And um, I am allowed to tell you that we are working on a new collaboration with the one and only Alexa Hampton, wow. who is, you know, if nothing else, iconic an iconic American designer and working with her has been amazing. I mean, she is not only hysterical and needs her own um, podcast podcast can <laughs> invite her. Oh, we can, she would love to, I'm sure. Um, but you know, the way she thinks and the way she flushes out design and um, just how also true to her roots she is, has been really refreshing and inspiring for us to see. So the designs we're working on now are very much um, for those old estates that we see in the United States um, mm. and all of the designs, are rooted in some of the classical pieces that she works with from an interior standpoint that we either don't see enough of or don't see at all in the outdoor don't space. See enough of, yeah.
0: yeah. So look out for that. Hopefully in the fall. Also, Man. when do you hit your flow? I was just listening to this other podcast about flow. You know, like people apparently they start mimicking each other's mannerisms when they're in a good flow. Rapport is yeah, the it's entire called mirroring. Concept. Yeah, yeah, well, but but you only mirror once you're in your flow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so when do you feel like you hit your flow when you're in design? Two drinks well.
1: into it. There, there you go. There you go, My flow no, is Jean. directly related <laughs> to the vodka tonic, Judy. <laughs> you joke. Well, you know what? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes no. I
0: write a better yeah mm-hmm. email when I'm mm-hmm. just kidding, just kidding, just kidding.
2: No, I think. Um, flow really happens when you end on a great client meeting. That's not to say that all of them are great, but sometimes you get wonderful feedback from the clients. And I always tell people, you know, they'll come to me and they'll say, I really love that project on your website. And while we did the work, we always say the best projects are when, you and the client have a great collaboration, you know, they're willing to let you take them as far as their comfort zone. We'll let them. Okay. So let's stop there for a second
1: and, and, and to design yes for you, but also for people who are not in design, being client facing is a tough role. And you've heard the saying that, you know, like 98% of your clients are fine, but 2% are 100% of the problem. Yes. Um, so how do you create these relationships with your clients where you're like, no, You just spent a fortune and your whole room is beautiful. And if you put that in the middle, it destroys it. Like, how do you, how have you learned to negotiate and and persuade, but also give?
2: Yes. I mean, I think that one of the things we try to do and practice a lot is we tell clients often and early that we basically would do for them which we would feel like we would only do for our own homes so if you came to me Shelley with a I don't know trampoline in the middle of your living room <laughs> I would say you know ultimately you live here she's been in my house <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> like somewhat realistic <laughs> Um, But I really don't feel like this is the appropriate spot for your home, your very lovely Jean Liu-designed home, um, and offer them another location. So I don't think we try to shut down any of the ideas, but we try to help them. You know, we also say in design... Sometimes a client just wants to scratch an itch. So it's almost futile to keep them from doing so. So you just help them scratch it in the most inoffensive or damaging way to the overall design. Mm-hmm. So we would basically, in a very artful way, try to encourage you to take the trampoline either to a playroom or outside or talk you into the fact that this is a short-term home for something of that nature. Mm-hmm. You are
0: a model of diplomacy. <laughs> we oh, try. That is that is like you should teach that. Where's your masterclass on I diplomacy? Know. Do you gender? read
1: books about that kind of stuff? Though, because yeah. I feel like you kind of might need to. No, you seem like you've got it in
2: you. I think you're trying to get me to talk about my schooling. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, no. We we definitely try and practice diplomacy at all times you know, inside I might be screaming and wanting to die. Um, (laughs) I did actually have to have a very difficult conversation with the client this morning. And I'm not kidding. I had nightmares about it all night. And I did actually practice the conversation multiple times on Mm. the car ride over to visit with them this morning. Mm. So, you know, how it comes out versus how you feel about it are two totally different things or can be Mm. Um, for you. I feel like it's all about tone. (laughs) Yes. All about tone. So we, we definitely work on it. And I think, In our interior design studio, we have a senior designer. Um, She is literally the other half of my brain. And we have two junior designers who are extremely wonderful. And I want to say all of this hype about, or all of this negativity surrounding millennials is not true when it comes to these two. They're the hardest working, self-starting, I just, we're
1: so lucky to have them. I think but our world needs to stop with the brushstrokes that everybody that's yes. young is like this and everybody yes. that's, you know, whatever yes. is like, it's just, it's too much. You know? um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they
2: said, you know, I was talking to one junior designer and I said, look, you've been with me now two, three years. You can't really take on a project, um, even though you may understand all of the technical aspects until you can handle all of the client facing issues. Sure, you're going to have great days where they love what you've presented and days where they may have questions about your billing. But you need to be able to handle the conflict if they're, you know, really in your face being unreasonable. How do you respond tactfully? How do you respond um, diplomatically? How do you say, I'm really sorry, you're upset. I will definitely look into it and get back to you. Until you can not lose your cool, you can't be on your own.
1: Good for you. (laughs) This
0: is we could have started all of them. Well, yeah, I mean, that's your wow. Mm. also so transferable. Hopefully. That that is, that is, that's everything. Hopefully. Okay. So
1: So if we're going to fast fact you, what is the one city besides New York that you haven't been to that you're like, I've got Mm. to go to. I know there's inspiration there. (sighs) Wow. Where do I start?
2: Um, Believe it or not, I have not spent much time in Barcelona. Barcelona. You've got to do that. Barcelona.
1: Barcelona.
0: Barcelona. I made it all the way to Madrid and I didn't get there. Um. Barcelona awesome. Oh my gosh, Jean! I don't even know. I just, I feel like what is a new? I don't, what do you? What do you read? What design magazines do you read? Read is a very
2: liberal. I'm going to use the term read liberally. <laughs> I, <laughs> probably, I glance at? that. I glance and I <laughs> turn the pages quickly through you know all the big names. Um, El Decor. I'm a house beautiful junkie. They yeah. really were um, part and parcel of putting my design career on the path that it's headed. So kudos to them. Um, El Decor, um, World of Interiors, and I love Cabana,
1: even though it mm. comes out um, only a few times a year. What so. is the number one thing that people mess up in their homes? Is it scale? Is it color? What What do we... What, what Not you, calling a professional. <laughs> yeah. No, we know that. But usually you walk in and you're like, well, you know, this part looks okay over here, but your scale's all off, or you're, you have so many different colors happening in your house what do you see people screw up that can't afford you yet
2: I think scale is definitely a huge one I mean too many times and I feel like I sound like a broken record if you've listened to another podcast or you follow what I um, say when I'm being asked by press get a rug that fits the size of your room Uh, Too many times I walk in and the furniture's crammed on this teeny tiny rug and it feels like the room's small, but really it's not. It's just on a small rug. And there's just like a trampoline
0: next to it. So what are you supposed to do? (laughs) so hard. What would you tell a 20-year-old, someone that's just buying their first apartment, they've left, you know, or someone who's starting their first job, invest in blank? Oh, I love... You know, invest in a really
2: good rug, invest in a good mirror, because those are all things that I feel like can grow with you, a mirror especially. Um, You'll always find room for that. And a rug, maybe not as much, but I think a good rug, you know, even if these antique rugs are maybe falling a little out of um, favor right now, I think they'll always make a comeback.
0: Are they? I do feel like I'm kind of obsessed with this art. We talked to Janelle Stone. We've podcasted yeah. with her before she she's dealt all the estate hysterical. sales. We love her. She's she's a force too. <laughs> she's in the a estate force. sale. Yes. yes. Oh. And you can make some great finds at her at her um, sales and you know, I just told her once we were talking about how millennials just think everything needs to be new. Again. The brush drugs, look at me. I just yeah. did this. Yep. I just made the Some the, millennials are collecting antiques, Joey. Yeah, it's okay. Some are collecting yes, antiques. Yes, they are.
2: And it's refreshing to see. And I see it here in Dallas more than I've seen it anywhere. So, mm-hmm. um, interesting. Yeah. Well, because we're the
0: South traditional. I
2: wonder, I mean, I, I, I don't have any verifiable proof, but I, I wonder if, you know, in the South we use and have more antiques. They're growing up around more English furniture, silver, um, you know Mm -hmm. french things and so they come to um really define that as what makes them comfortable at home and so therefore they're more likely to have it as part of their design program or these are the things that they end up collecting or you know things of that nature and even porcelain and silver which you talk to some 20 some odd year old and they're it's not ever something that they're interested in or going to be wanting to register for if they're Mm -hmm. looking to get married well, I have to say, I well, used
1: my china for yeah. the first
0: time in like <laughs> 15 years this weekend. So your oh, wow. arrival is on time. <laughs> okay, here's my last question and then sure. we'll wrap. Um, we want to hear what your daughter's next project might be. Oh, because if I do recall, we were very excited to sell her wrapping paper at the slate in our studio. Thank and you. Our your routine. guys were so no, kind. It was... Adorable. No, it
1: was adorable. It was thank amazing. You. It was not a favor. It was like, good yeah, food. thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're Jane uplifting the
0: slate. Yeah. Oh, yeah with her so talent. does she have any projects on the horizon? Cause I feel like this is a skill of yours. You can source the resource. I mean, you're good at the resources that help people shine You Masks, can help spring, you. A wallpaper. Yes. Yeah. That's the
1: thing. You can have the concept, but getting, yes. getting all the people in the right room to make it happen is different.
2: Yes. That is definitely a whole different, um, job skill set. <laughs> um, you know, she's, only recently started going back to drawing. We've talked about doing the wallpaper, um, not the wallpaper, the gift wrapping, but not necessarily in a holiday theme. And really, what she wants to try and do this go around is, um, she's at, she literally comes up to me and asks me, um, she wants to give the money to either uh, in a way that will so will support um, a homeless shelter or mm-hmm. that kind of food bank or that kind of role i know the uh gift wrapping the first time it went to more children mm-hmm. so that's that's probably what you're raising next. a kind well, soul if she's thinking yeah. like thank that you <laughs> but it's
1: because of this diplomacy I, and just so kindness I and know, humbleness just, yeah. i so mean i would be name dropping strange. one of those big names <laughs> if i'm good <laughs> you carry a silent
0: strength jean lou thank you and, uh, yes and, a you and if she has some wrapping paper she's sketching out
1: let us know i will we can't wait to host it sell it and
0: ready slate, slate it, it.
1: Thanks for listening to Fast Facts at the Slate. We are a sister-owned co-working space and production studio in the Dallas Design District. To learn more, visit
0: theslateproperties.com. And remember to subscribe and download Fast Facts wherever you listen to podcasts. Or have an idea for a guest? Email us at info
1: at Hone it. Own it. it. Slate it. <laughs>